It is Potadelphia. We are back after week two of the NFL season. My name is Dave DiOrio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And I am joined by two guys wearing aviator glasses and gold chains. What's going on, guys? <laughs> uh nothing much my name is chuck siders you can find me on twitter at chuck siders and i'm gene zelak and you can find me at producer gene and the eagles went down to tampa bay to face the buccaneers the mighty buccaneers apparently the magical buccaneers and we lost although it was a much more interesting game than it first portended to be in the first half no, that it, it got interesting, but it should. It, it, I never felt like we were in any position to win the game at any point in time. You didn't even think, like, there at the. I guess the. See, I thought right up until that penalty on third down, what, with just about 225 left in the game, I thought right up until that point, we're going to get the ball back and Nikki Foles is going to pull something out of his sleeve. No, well, you're. I, I I did not share that sentiment at all. Well, let's start. Let's start with my day because I left my son's soccer game early so I could be home for kickoff. Wow. I, I was picking up. I was picking up cheese steaks, uh, and uh, they weren't ready yet, so I missed kickoff. But I was watching it on my phone, and I told the guy next to me, "We're already down seven <laughs> nothing." He's like, "Did it even start?" I said, yes, it's the first play of the game. <laughs> it's funny because I, I was in the house and missed the first play of the game. And because everything – we were down 7 nothing by the time I started watching the game too. We missed the only play that we were even in the game. <laughs> I missed the opening kickoff getting the Flyers stream set up. And I was listening to the Flyers game, so I had the volume down on the TV. And I sit down, like, all right, I can see the Flyers. I can see the Eagles. What's going on? How the hell are we down 7 nothing? Gentlemen, we have a sports, a Philadelphia sports podcast, and we missed the kickoff. It's all amazing. three of us. Terrible. Yeah. Should be ashamed. <laughs> uh, well, just so you know, my son's soccer team is the only Philadelphia team to get a win today. Hey, amazing. Yeah, whatever. Were they playing an out-of-state opponent? <laughs> like, they were. Oh, they nice. Were. Radner. Anyway, um, <laughs> okay. So Jalen Mills uh, totally blows the coverage on Deshaun Jackson on the first play of the game, and we're down seven nothing right off that. It's like the nightmare start. It's the one thing you're afraid of uh, for how a game to begin, and it's exactly how it happened. Like we knew that Djax was going to be a problem all day and we let him be a problem on the very first play. How do you go how out there? Happen? How do you go out there and not know that the first thing they're going to try is to throw it deep to Deshaun Jackson? How do we not know that he's going to run that exact pattern to start? Like they basically could just it's like playing poker with the hand up, you know what I mean? Like you know the hand, what he's got, you know he's going to, you know. And I can see some, you know, situations where, you know, we say we're going to run the ball and we're going to telegraph that we're going to run the ball. And until you prove that you can stop us running the ball, we're going to continue to do it. Um, but I don't know, just a play like that. It's just inexcusable. Yeah, you can't get beat deep by Deshaun Jackson on the first play of the game if Deshaun Jackson is on the other team that you're playing. And why, just to add insult to injury, it's a former Eagle doing it to us that should never have been a former Eagle. I mean, we talked about it last week uh, briefly about Deshaun Jackson and, and, you know, how we feel about him not being on the team anymore. I still like I still have love for Deshaun Jackson. I, I feel just, like we should just... be talking about the records he's about to break as like an all time Eagle wide receiver. Like that should be the conversation yeah. we're having because he would have had this long tenure as an Eagle and plenty of time to break all these records because he sure, got for sure. But you saw cut. the uh, he got yeah. cut, which I don't understand how that player gets cut by anybody. Yeah. Well, you saw the, um, the the numbers, right? Since 1983, Deshaun Jackson has the most 50-yard receptions for and against the Eagles. Right. Yeah, which is an like that's an Banana. insane stat. Who lets a player like that leave? Well, I mean, in Chip's defense, those cards with the pictures on them were pretty cool. So he had that going for him. The whole football thing was tough, but the cards with the pictures, like, it that, been that good was entertaining. Going and seeing what other pictures hey how did chip kelly do this weekend do we know did he win is he zero and three or is he one and two 
I feel like he just has he won. How many games has he won since he left the Eagles? Let's let's say he won today, like four, because he yeah, won two games with San Francisco. It's a total of four. Damn it. Anyway, um, and then to add insult to injury, we got the Barber brothers doing this game. <laughs> I got Tiki Barber with a hat on that's got a camera on the brim. What what is going on with football? Does the, don't these people understand that we ju- we like it just the way it is? You yeah, don't we don't need, need to enhance it. We don't need gizmos. Well, I mean, I was lost without the green zone this week. I'm like, is that a first down? I don't know. All he did was pass the yellow line, but I couldn't see the green area he was running in. I did kind of need it when it was first and 40 because, like, the yellow line was off the screen, so I needed to know, oh. like... <laughs> when we were gonna, when we were gonna, was that like color? if if there was like if we were still between like if the first down marker was on in fact the field. Yeah, first first they insult our intelligence that we can't add ten. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, so let's talk about that. What is going? What is this team doing? What what is happening? How, how do you get into a, a second and forty? What was it? A third and forty? I thought it actually was first and 40 because they kept committing penalties, like, on first down. Like, I think it was a – maybe it was second and 40, but it was like there was a crack block that started it, and then two holds, I think. Is that how we ended up? In- oh, I think it was back-to-back personal fouls, and then a, and then a hold uh, – I don't – but that's, that's your response to a first play 75-yard touchdown pass? Is right. it just – a bumble all over yourself. Yeah. To a second and forty with yeah. Nick Foles as your quarterback. And what play do you have in your in your arsenal for second and forty? Like is there even a, a, a category on the chart for fourth and for or second and forever? Or what yeah, what is what is, is uh, Merrill Reese say? Second and Ben Jeffrey, that's the problem. It's second and, and Ben Salem, is that how he's got a he's got a forty one yard out pattern that he runs. Perfect. Oh, I think, I think I've seen that. Yeah, I think I've seen that. I mean, is this the is this type of play the the sloppy play the the lack of precision the dumb penalties is this what uh, Doug was pissed off about in the preseason? Remember, like someone was trying to inter- uh, interview him going off the field, and he's just saying like, "Yep, I got two pages of notes about everything we're doing wrong." Like, was this a team that you know was complacent coming off the Super Bowl win, or just didn't? prepare adequately enough in the preseason i mean it's just i don't know i guess it's just undisciplined football i don't know why they're not bearing down um and playing clean football maybe it is still residual preseason stuff um i don't know how long we can keep using that as an excuse because there's plenty of other teams that don't play their starters um very much in the preseason so do you think that they're calling the game differently like, does it seem that there's more penalties to you than than normal, or is it the same amount for early season? I'm, I'm having it a does, hard time telling. It, it does seem like it's more, but when they show the replays, they tend to sort of be there. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say when Gene asked the question. It's not like, I mean, there's always ticky tacky penalties, but here most of the time is like, I can't believe we did that. Not, I can't believe they called it. Yeah, well, I think the most annoying one. I mean, we'll just just for the sake of this dialogue, jump to the end of the game. The uh, the pass interference on Jalen Mills. Oh, why? Um, because like he was all over him and he still caught the pass. Because <laughs> that drives me bananas. Like if well, you're going to mug he had the guy, Mills face mask prior to the penalty. Yeah. Uh, which was what Jalen Mills was calling for when the flag was thrown, um, and ultimately it was the play that sealed the victory. Uh, but. Yeah, I mean, going back earlier in the game, we are a terrible – right now, we are a terrible first-half team. And it wasn't like that last year. We were jumping on people early, turning them into one-dimensional teams. Um, and that's how we were, you know, blowing people out. There was a time there where I was like, no spread is too big. We'll cover it, no problem. I think when we got to the Bears game, it was like a 14-and-a-half spread. And I said, like, I don't care. I would still take the birds in this situation. Um and but we had gotten so I, good at closing games in those situations, too. We could just – you could go into a fourth quarter, and I don't know that we would even need to throw the ball at all sometimes in the fourth quarter. It felt like we were just throwing Jay, uh, Ajayi and 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 uh, LeGarrette Blunt out there and just 
mauling people, just slamming into them at the line of scrimmage and just beating people up in the fourth quarter. Well, Didinger said in the postgame, we've had 12 first-half possessions. We've had one touchdown and one field goal. That's wow. terrible. It's really bad. I mean, you're not gonna, you're gonna be in a lot of the, you're not gonna be in a lot of games, uh, performing like that. Well, what do you attribute that to? Is it game planning? Like, is yeah. Doug's well, not- here's here's what I'm attributing it to. I'm going to attribute it to Doug is not changing his game plan to accommodate his pedestrian quarterback. Like, you cannot do the things that you want to do. Um, you know what you would normally do with Carson Wentz. I know it worked in the playoffs, and you did things in the playoffs last year, and you did magical things in the Super Bowl, but that's not who Nick Foles is. And what happened to RPO? Are we even doing that anymore? I don't know. It just seems like we're playing pretty straight to me. Uh, it's hard to, I guess, see the RPO that I don't know. I, I don't. I've I've never been the type that can like because I never played football. I guess is part of the problem. Like I guess if you have that insider knowledge that you played. You know, you can kind of see those sorts of things. So I kind of I'm relying on the analyst to to kind of give me a gauge for whether those sorts of things are happening. Um, maybe if I was to like watch the game three or four times, I might be able to pick up that kind of stuff. But um, I don't hear the phrasing RPO while watching the game. Well, to um, me, it looks like a lot of just straight back, drop back pass. I thought I noticed some more play action tonight or today than in previous like the first game or like last year. But I feel like play action only works if you really truly set it up with a run. Well, yeah, let's talk about that because the running game was working today. Um, I, I thought they were starting to get it going in the second second quarter. <clears throat> Excuse me. but And then they just abandoned it. I mean, they, they, they weren't even down that much when they just sort of <clears throat> moved on and said, all right, we're going we're gonna to play – your up-tempo passing game. I mean, Clement, six carries for 30 yards. He's averaging five yards a carry with a touchdown. Uh, even Smallwood, I mean, he, he's not he's not dynamic. He's not making people miss out there. But, I mean, he's getting four yards a carry. I, I just think we need to plug away with these guys. And then Ajayi um, came back into the game. I don't know if they said afterwards what, like, his injury was. I actually I didn't catch that what his injury because he was injured at one point during the game in the first half, but he comes back in the second scores a touchdown. Yeah. I just think that that that's a way that we can control the clock. I mean, didn't last year we lead the league in time of possession. I mean, that's a way that we can control the clock. And when you're playing a, like a red hot team like Tampa Bay is right now, I know it's only the second game, but they're red hot and their quarterback is on fire right now. Um, isn't the whole thing like limit their limit their chances limit the opportunities he has to beat you with that deep ball where you're highly susceptible i mean that's a way for you to just control the game and we just kind of left it i I know those offensive linemen love when we you know keep pounding the rock and we just i don't know yeah i I don't know why you would like you said dave like the the first half wasn't great but we weren't in too big a hole we didn't need to abandon a run that was efficient you know five yards here five yards there you, you do that twice in a three down series and there's your first down yeah ajay had a back injury by the way okay yeah so it's like a like a desperation you and know, to, to top to it get off away from that quick to top it off we got um who 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 was who was that joshua perkins <laughs> is playing is playing tight end where is Dallas Goddard? Yeah, what? who is this Joshua Perkins, and why is he getting reps? And who's Kamar Aiken? Well, <laughs> we dropped is Wheaton. Junior available? <laughs> I think we dropped Wheaton and picked Aiken back up. I think the he was somebody that we were carrying through the preseason. I think he's a better receiver. I think they had kept Wheaton with the hope that by now we would have Alshon Is he back. A practice squad guy. I, I think. I think he, they had put him on the street and bring, brought him back in. He's a vet. He's another veteran guy. He's another just, you know, these these workman kind of guy vet receivers that go around the league and they're possession guys and they, you know, they can get a job when when you're decimated on the receiver core. 
but and we're not well, really like i get it i understand that we're we're shorthanded right now and you're feeling like you're fighting with with one hand tied behind your back but we got to get a little more creative with you know how, how we can maintain possession of the football and sustain drives uh, because the defense is also going to get gassed i mean you're out there in 90 degree heat chasing after deshaun jackson it's not going to work yeah, you had mentioned that in the outline. Do we want to? I mean, the the D looked so good in week one, and you know, just wasn't doing much here in week two. Like, do we want to attribute some of that to the Heat, or do we just want to go? Tampa Bay was better, and maybe our D wasn't that good, and maybe Atlanta is not that good. I don't know. I I don't think. Let's see. How do I want to say this? I think the D is really that good. And I think we were getting pressure early on. I believe Tampa made some adjustments to try to get the ball out quicker because we, you know, Cox was getting pressure early specifically. Yeah, no, they were getting pressure. They got pressure the whole game. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick, for all of the things that he is maybe notorious for, I mean, there's a reason why he's been on seven teams. The one thing that I think I've always understood about him is he gets the ball out fast he's always been and that's why he keeps getting a job because he's a guy that can get the ball out fast um i think what we're seeing right now and what is going to come back to the middle is that sometimes he doesn't always make great decisions right now it seems like every decision he makes is is working out but i think eventually what's going to happen is you're going to see when he starts to face some adversity when you when he gets down in a game that he's going to start trying to force things, and that's when the Ryan Fitzpatrick that everybody knows will show back up. Both games, in Game 1 and Game 2, they had leads real fast. So you can take risks. You can be kind of a uh, a slinger a little bit. I mean, he just also has two very talented receivers. I think this is more of a case of, like, maybe Jameis Winston was not as talented as people maybe think he is, that we're really seeing that that receiver core should have been better last year had they had a better person throwing the ball to them. Do you think it was a mistake to defer on the uh, the coin toss? Doug always does that. I feel like Doug always leans on deferring. Yeah. I like deferring. I like – but if you're going to defer, you have to stand in the first possession. You know what I mean? Like, you've got to come out tough. And I felt like the defense came out soft. Yeah, I mean, maybe you don't have to keep them off the scoreboard, but you have to, you know, keep them on the field for a bit and, you know, make them earn the points as opposed to, we'll defer and spot you seven points. Now we get the ball back. Right. Like, <laughs> like that, that, like, ah, we get the ball twice. We're just going to give you seven points and then we get started both halves. So. All right. What else do we want to talk about on this game? You guys got anything else? What what about the comeback? Do we think that there was a severe lack of urgency? I think it was at about six minutes left when we were scoring. We were going down to score our last touchdown, um, which wound up being a, like Foles' best pass of the season so far. That was a great um, looking pass. I, I mean that that drive just took ages, and I was just banging well, kept- my coffee table like let's go let's go i kept watching the clock and saying you know they really should give themselves a little bit more of a chance at the end of this game i think they really believed or at least doug and the coaching staff the way they were calling that game is that they they really believed that the defense was going to three and out them like they were just really confident that they were going to be able to get the ball back quick and that they wanted to make sure that they did the things they needed to do to get in the end zone and I I think they miscalculate. You know, it's it's hard to say because I think from a coaching standpoint that there was a ch- they gave themselves a chance. You know, I mean, they're down two scores. They have to get a touchdown there. They're trying to call the plays that are going to work. They they gave themselves a sh- a chance. Was it a good chance? No, but they did. They, they got themselves in, back into the game. There was, and I think I guess what we're driving at is was there a lack of urgency? I think that if you don't get the touchdown there, then there's no reason to be urgent. I feel like if you don't protect the ball, you know, then there's no comeback at all. But your first and goal, your first and goal from what the five, and then uh, we tried three yeah. consecutive running plays that really, I mean, I mean, how much time went off the clock 
on those three plays compared to if you ran three passes. Well, but we saw how that works out for Atlanta. Yeah, but we said try one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, I don't know if you can criticize the Eagles much for the last drive. I mean, they had, what, 19 seconds and no timeouts? You know, when they no, got the ball. I, no, I get that. No, 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 not the very last drive. I feel like there was nothing you could do. And Nick Foles is not Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think they had very many options, but what they did do was just like. Uh, oh, uh, they, what, they, what? It, was, it was tantamount to taking a knee. You're right. Yeah. Well, it's like go straight down the middle. All right. You know, we get the ball back for one last play. And as opposed to going for the Hail Mary, they do like the weird flea flicker that you do when you you know just are receiving the kickoff to end it so i mean there's not much they could have done but it still was kind of uninspiring yeah i mean Foles doesn't have the arm strength i mean i don't even know if matt stafford has the arm strength to to get that ball yeah and my my bigger problem was throwing the ball to the middle of the field to play before like you just can't like there there's well, no I, reason i mean yeah at that point the game's over though, it took so it's, eight it's seconds really... to just get back up on the line and spike it like you that was just a just throw it away like yeah but like i said at, at that point the, the the game's over uh did um so looking where we're at now like just looking at the nfc do we have to start seriously thinking that tampa bay could win the south carolina won again today too didn't they no carolina lost to atlanta okay so they're both one and one barely beat the browns yeah the saints did not cover (laughs) we'll get into that (laughs) so and there's and there's tampa bay sitting 2-0 yeah and and looking impressive doing it you know gene had said you know it's just a matter of time before they regress and that's probably true but a win's a win they had two really strong wins and they have to feel good going forward. You get two more of those in the next three weeks, and you're already in a good position to to compete for the uh, the division title. So if Carson Wentz was the quarterback of this game, all things all things equal, same amount of uh, you know skill position players uh, out of the lineup due to injury. The only difference is that Carson Wentz is on the team. Do the Eagles win this game? I I say uh, I say yes. I think the first half definitely definitely looks different. I think the first half is a lot closer, and you know the second half. You know, I I guess you know in hockey they call it score effect. They probably call it that in in football as well. But you know they play different defense when you have a big lead. But I, I would say yes, or it's a much more impressive loss of like oh two good teams went out there played and we just happened to lose the day. There were situations, certainly in the first half and some in the second half, where there were just places where, and this is the thing that I don't know because I haven't seen Carson with the new knee. Like I don't know how the inner, inner, you know, how his knee is affected. But there were definitely times where I know I have seen plays that Carson makes that Nick Foles can't, and part of it is his legs, and part of it is the threat that his legs present. And if you don't have to worry about Nick Foles just breaking containment and scrambling for the first down, you know, you don't have to run a spot. You don't have to play a spy on him. You can drop that guy into coverage. Carson Wentz puts different kind of pressure on the defense. And there are, there were definitely first downs that he willed himself to last year that in a game like this, I know Carson Wentz keeps drives alive that Nick Foles can't. Yeah, I think the answer is yes. We definitely win this game, and maybe it was close, but I I just think he just I mean it's such a different dimension, um, and he just makes those guys so much better. I I cannot wait for Carson Wentz to come back. I I really can't, and then I guess we'll talk about that in a second. But oh, we got to talk about fourth and Doug. Fourth and Doug. We named <laughs> it now. We've named it fourth and Doug. <laughs> so where do we go for four? Four or five fourth downs. How many do we pick up? Two. Yeah, the I think Nick it was... Foles, the Nick Foles quarterback sneak. Fourth. The fourth yeah, that was fourth and one. Yeah. Uh, we lost the what was the fourth and five? Yeah. 
when we had could we have taken three there? Were we in range for that one? I think we were like on the edge. So it's really frustrating though if we if we could have gotten three there and Elliot makes the one that he doinked off the upright. Yeah. I mean those are points that uh could have changed the way the game flowed at the end. It's always hard I, to to judge the you know when you start being like miss kicks playing into a factor, you know what I mean? Yeah, because I, know, I, know. I certainly <laughs> think that we play maybe a little differently if Tampa Bay is, hits their um you know that uh extra point that they miss. Does does Doug need to change his stripes or does Doug got to be Doug? He needs to, need to switch it up because it's like, oh, I've got a kind of depleted team. I need to play it a little more conservatively. I, these games are all going to be fought to the end. Let me just chill out a little bit with these fourth and fourth and whatevers. I think Doug's got to be Doug. I mean, it, it's what brought him to success in the past. And yeah, until it, you know, costs us repeatedly, you know, yeah, you know, today wasn't great. I don't remember in the first game there being any big fourth and dug situations that that really burned us. I can't remember any of them. Um, so you know, if if this is a, a deciding factor in a few games in a row, maybe reconsider it. But no, like he's had a lot of success in a short amount of time. Just keep doing what you do. The trend in the NFL seems to be go for it more, and honestly. I feel like Doug Peterson has a better sense of when to go for it than even most coaches now. I feel like there are still people trying to figure it out that the the actual science maybe hasn't quite been fleshed out. That there's no, you know, exact. You know, a, a lot of it's feel. Doug has a good a good sense of feel. Maybe he didn't have a great day today percentage wise, but I think a lot of that can be chalked up to to, uh, to execution too. I think that. You have to have great execution on fourth down, and I don't necessarily want him to not be aggressive because he, you know, I think that aggression is what has given the Eagles an edge in some places. I think that that's an important part of the success the team had last year, so I don't want the aggression to go away. Okay. All right. Um, Adam Schefter sends out a tweet today that says, Eagles quarterback Carson Wentz, Still needs final medical clearance, but he is on track to return Sunday against the Indianapolis Colts per league sources. What do we think? He's going to start on Sunday? Yeah, I think he starts. I think he starts unless unless a doctor just won't clear him. I, I think, you know, the team needs a little boost and provide he's not going to, you know, set himself back due to the injury, I think he starts. Even if he's rusty as hell, he's going to start and go, all right, you know, first half, you know, learn to play the game again. Second half, you're our franchise quarterback. I think that he comes back this week. I've been targeting this as the week he comes back for a while. Um, I think that that makes the most sense. I think it's a good place for him to come back. It's, it's Indianapolis, who is a team that I feel like is a not a juggernaut. Um you know, I've watched them. Are they one and one as well? Yeah, they, they won today. They beat they Washington. Beat the they beat today. Washington today. But I don't. You know, they haven't been dominant. Um, and I feel like it's a good spot to come back at home. I like that. And uh, so I think he comes back. The one thing I, I, I guess, kind of tantamount to the, or not tantamount. I guess, going off of this dialogue here. Do you think that when he comes back? the book closes on Nick Foles. Like, you know, he rides off finally into the sunset and is just, you know, this becomes just kind of like a little bit of an epilogue to, you know, what was the the shining moment in his career was MVP of the Super Bowl. He, uh, you know, finishes the season as a backup, and then, you know, maybe he does a year someplace else as a starter. But really, uh, you know, this is the this is the book on Nick Foles. And Gene, I think it already is. Just just look at the conversation we're having today, based off uh, compare it with the raw nerve episode. You know, after the raw nerve episode, it was like Nick Foles gets a statue. He's complete fraud. We can't win with him. You know, and I'm not just picking on you, Dave. Um, but I'm saying <laughs> we were all frustrated. We're all like, this guy's a backup. What's he doing here? Nick- Mood. 
mood after today's game is poor Nick Foles. Doug is asking him to do things he can't. He's a good backup, nice Christian boy. Just let him hand it off, you know, hang out with his statue. You know, I think our temperament, our attitude towards Nick Foles has changed dramatically with the thought that Carson Wentz is coming back next week. I feel like Nick Foles is the Dexie's midnight runners of NFL quarterbacks. <laughs> like, you cannot expect the midnight runners to keep churning out hits year after year. No, they had the one. And it was really good. Yeah. It's, you know, come on, Eileen. It doesn't get any better than that. Just like it doesn't get any better than beating Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Oh, and we also need to talk about how Mr. Sensitivity with his comments this week about about his his confidence. And then, like, why, why are we talking about this? Like, what what needs to what You saw this, Chuck, this I article? Did, yeah, I did. Yeah, okay. So what – I mean, what needs to happen to you to give you confidence in yourself? You beat a dynasty in the Super Bowl for an organization that has been much maligned and never had a Super Bowl victory. What what's it going to take, dude, for you to be confident or in yourself? What and did if that's you? That's the problem. If that's the problem, I mean, I don't know. We need we need psychiatrists in the in the uh, in the locker room. Well, he must have done something to be confident. He must have been done something to be confident going into that game because he sure as hell was. I mean, he taught, caught a touchdown pass for God's sake. Yeah, I mean, how, how much more do you have to prove yourself? Like, well, I mean, maybe he set the bar too high for himself. Maybe the the book deal and I'm going to Disney World and Super Bowl MVP, and you know. I'm sure people have named their kids like Nikki or Foles or whatever. You know, maybe that's too much the burden on them. Um, and, you know, there are sports psychologists, sports psychologists, and they do like a great job or or they do a job. <laughs> I can't I don't know if I can speak about the results, but it seems like they provide a good service. I but... always picture that scene in The Natural where it's the the guys in the in the uh, the clubhouse. And he's like, losing is a disease. <laughs> as contagious <laughs> as, as small. Po- I forget exactly what he says, but you remember that scene. Right? Yeah, we're very progressive in our views here on Middle House. <laughs> we're, 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 get over it. Well, I just don't mean, I don't think we need to be going to the media expressing you know, our weaknesses in ourselves and there's doubt in our minds. Like I, I, I'm a firm believer in any edge you can get, you need to take and you need to minimize the edges that you give other people. And and, and that was actually going to be my point. My point was going to be why bring it out now? Well, that's what you have a wife for. Like talk to her about that stuff. He says he does reporters. He says he talks to his wife all the time and God, those are the two people well, that he that, confides exactly. in. Exactly. That's who you should be telling this stuff to. Do you think that there was any conversation? Read about it in the Inquirer. Do you think there was any real conversation after the Super Bowl, like between him and whoever else he's chatting with, to be like, "What do I? How do I do? Like, how is it better? Like, what? What could I possibly do to top this? Should I just put the white hat on, hop on the horse, and just go off into the sunset? Like, should he retire mid-game? Like. <laughs> Sorry, Go ahead, do you want to elaborate on that, Chuck? Oh, I I forget the name of the player. Who was it? It was the Bills game. They're getting they're getting the doors blown off, and somebody just says, "Yeah, I, I've had enough today, and I'm leaving the sport of football." Like beasts. Yeah, who was? That? I'm sorry. I know I sent the article to Devonte Davis. Is that his name? Oh, that's a, like that was a real thing. Like somebody literally retired in the middle of a game today. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, is that even th- something you can do? Like, do you call the GM? Like, when you walk into the locker room, do you get him on the horn and be like, "Just give me half a game check today"? Like, or you know what? Keep I mean, it? they can't force you to play. Like, you know what? Keep it. Like, I'm just not. Like, at what yeah, point Monte did he? Davis, Monte Davis. Did he? Yeah. And I feel like he was a, what a former Packer or something. I feel like I, I definitely have heard that name. Maybe, but all right. So back to Nick Foles. Yes, I like. I love Nick Foles. I think, like we owe him. Chuck's laughing. At me. The city owes him a huge debt. Uh, you know that we could never repay for the moment that he gave us. 
but like, thank you, thank you, thank you. I I don't want to see you play football anymore for the Eagles. Like, is that a horrible thing to say? I don't want to like to a certain degree. Like, I don't want to ever see you play football again ever. Like, I literally have you have done the most perfect thing. Like, I don't know how else you could t- like. I don't know what you do to top that. You know. Other than win five of them, I guess, like be yeah. Tom Brady, like, but you just beat him. Like, I just, I, I feel like if you're Nick Foles, you got to be like, I can't do any better. Like, this is literally the greatest thing I could do. Anything I do from here is going to be less than this. I got enough money. I'm good. I'm out. Yeah, we, I just think you should totally like a badass. Treated, uh, Nick Foles. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. What's wrong with that? I just think you should feel like a badass, and if after doing that, and if you don't, then I, I don't know. Maybe you're not like equipped emotionally to be an NFL quarterback. I don't know. Maybe I'm taking. Maybe it's a bridge too far. I, because I, I mean, I, probably people are in their cars right now going like, "This guy hates the Eagles." But I, <laughs> it's my love for the Eagles that makes me say these. things. Because didn't on, like Nick, both John... the rest of us take a handful of Xanax and get out there. Just get through your day, okay? <laughs> didn't both John Elway and Peyton Manning stay in the game way longer than they probably should have just to have that moment that Nick Foles got and he still had all of his faculties intact and didn't have a get his shoulder I just think replaced? Those guys, those guys believed in themselves that they were able to do it long past the time when they were no longer able to do it. And we got a guy, a quarterback, that's like reversed. <laughs> that he thinks he's going to suddenly become Peyton Manning? No, that he in his head thinks he's not that good. Oh. <laughs> and he, we agree with him. We we agree with that weekly. Well, <laughs> I don't know why this dude has no confidence. He, he has an effect on your game. Yeah. Um, okay, I, I, like I just want to keep it moving. But so next week is the Colts. Everyone in the division is one one, except probably the Giants because they're down by I think three scores at this point in the fourth quarter. It's probably safe to call. Yeah, it's twenty to three now with four minutes left. So. Um, the Cowboys are clearly going to win that game, and the wall will be one on one, except for the uh, except for the Giants, who will be zero and two, um, which I, probably is where we want the Giants. Yeah, that's where I want. I'm the more Giants. afraid of the Giants than the Cowboys. Is that? Is I feel like the um, Giants have better players, skill position players. Yeah, I think the they both have suck. I think, and I think both their quarterbacks are bad. They have quarterbacks. Uh, yeah. What you 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 don't? I. Oh, I you think, mean Eli and Dak? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they both suck. Both the Giants quarterbacks are bad. <laughs> I don't even know who the Giants' second quarterback is. Didn't they draft somebody? They, I uh, hope to God they drafted somebody because Eli's done. It's Kerry Collins. Yeah, I thought that was a bit. Like, oh, they got, they got two quarterbacks? Like, <laughs> it wasn't a bit. Like, wasn't oh, a bit. okay. I run all my bits by you guys before I, before I do this. Um, so I think it's kind of like we can't really – first off, we, we, don't know, we don't know how to assess this Colts game until we find out more about what's going to happen with Carson. I still feel like we're probably going to be in the driver's seat for the division because we're going to get a lot of these players back. And our team's going to be a lot different at the end of the year than it, than it is now. I mean, do you guys agree on that? Yes. Yeah, completely. Great. Boom. Let's put this, let's put this bloody week behind us and, and, and never shall we talk about it again. I can't wait for the Colts game. <laughs> Seriously. Oh God. It's going to be a terrible week and you're paying full price for your Dunkin' Donuts coffee tomorrow. Ah. <laughs> Uh, so, all right, before we talk about the Flyers, we go through the Picadelphia picks this week. <laughs> we went. Oh, yeah, we I do. One, we went one and five. And the so, one was the Eagles loss. Way to go, Chuck. Gene and, I, Gene and I picked the Eagles giving three and a half. Chuck, you took the Bucks getting three and a half. Congratulations. Good call by you. You non-fan. Gotta sell out the home team, man. <laughs> I had the Giants. I had the Giants getting three tonight. Uh, just because I felt like the Cowboys had no way to move the ball, but they're they're getting smoked now. I feel like 17, we, so I lost that one. I feel like week two in the NFL is where casinos really make money. Yeah, you're trying to get a lot of information out of one week, and I don't know. Maybe it's just not there. Gene, who did you have? I had the Jets. Yeah, and they got smoked today, right? Yeah, By the great. Dolphins? Mm-hmm. The so, Dolphins look like they're legit. You were given three. Yeah, I was. Um, you lost that one. And Chuck, you had Saints minus nine and the Browns. And they barely won. They Saints won by three against the Browns. Yeah, so um trust us. We know what we're talking about. <laughs> the Josh Gordonless Browns. I feel like they may have had a chance that they just We need to make a phone call. 
<laughs> Josh, buddy. I tried to log into DraftKings because I wanted to do like a, uh, like a tease with our three picks. Oh, thank God they didn't work. Yeah, DraftKings does not take any, they don't take any credit cards. <laughs> Probably a good thing, right? Did DraftKings right, Draft say you three are idiots? Like, you can't bet. Chuck, I'm handing it over to you. Let's talk about the Flyers. I cannot wait to talk about some of this stuff. Neither can I. Uh, hockey's back, uh, finally. Um, training camp uh, for the veterans opened up Friday. Uh, the rookies started, I guess, Monday it was. Uh, had the annual rookie game, or almost always annual. I think they missed one one year uh, against the Isles uh, earlier Carter in the week. Carter Hart. Carter Hart. Carter Hart. And he uh, looked good in the rookie game. He um, he's he hasn't yet won himself a spot. Um, I saw him make those three like consecutive point blank saves. Carter Hart's good. He's good. Um, if you guys, that's what I'm it, talking about, man. Yeah. <laughs> if you get a chance to go down to Voorhees and and check him out, the way he tracks the puck is amazing. You know, he he is constantly making little adjustments as the shooter's coming in to really stay on top of it and i mean he's he's not going to stop everything and then um someone told the tale of him um stealing one from Giroux, Giroux going in high glove side heart just snags it then Giroux comes down uh two on one with uh couturier and then just sets it up and couturier buries it so but it it's promising so far so far carter hart has met pretty much every every threshold pretty much every you know goal post or whatever the phrase is that's been laid out in front of him he's met he hasn't exceeded it yet he's not gonna he's yeah there's still time but he's not gonna make this team out of training camp but so far so good looking good in the rookie game uh flyers won six to three and uh oscar lindblom looked really good he looked like he didn't belong in that game and you know, with the the year he had with the Phantoms, and then tail in with the Flyers, that's really good to see. Um, that he just looked like a class above the rest of the people in the game. So he's going to be on the big team, right? Yeah, I can't imagine him not being. Okay, I can't nice. imagine uh, him not being. And then uh, Vorobiev, um, Mikhail Vorobiev. Yeah, we'll just say Vorobiev. I don't have his first name in front of me. Um, he had a, a three point game in that rookie game, and making a quiet little case for uh the third center which really it's still early but um i think it's down between him and jordan wheel so patrick is patrick going to be on the second line oh yeah patrick on the second line is pretty much locked in the top the top two lines are going to be killer this year i mean top line uh jeru couturier and konechny and Konechny came on the second half of the season, so I'm hoping, you know, for a more consistent year from beginning to end, and that line should, you know, keep up the same production as the year before. And the Patrick line, um, Patrick is in camp. He is healthy. He had a healthy offseason for the first time in a while after recovering from surgery. And he's got uh, Voracek and JVR and... There's like this is gonna be a good line. It really is. I think it's gonna be. We have two number one lines, and I don't think many teams are gonna be able to to skate a better top six. Now you look at the third line, and you have Wayne Simmons and Oscar Lindblom as the wings there, and it's probably not gonna be Lawton. Um, there's some talk about you know Lawton move up to center the the third line that doesn't seem like that's going to happen they kind of want it to be wheel but if i had to put money i think it might be a Vorobiev. he's he's looked good he's looked confident he played very well in the rookie game now what about what about morgan frost didn't morgan frost have a, a good outing in that rookie game also he did um he he looked good in the game um he's he's looked good throughout training camp but he's he's got a you know a tough hill to climb so if Vorobiev She's He's got looking, a lot of guys. Got a lot of guys in front of him. Yeah. Is the problem a lot of guys in front of him, and just his age that he can go back to junior, and 
it, taking a guy from juniors, uh, Hextall does not like to do the nine game tryout and whatever. I think it's nine games now. Um, he does not like to do that. He doesn't want them to, you know, come in and get a taste for the game and then send them back to junior. He just wants them to make it out of camp or not. Mm-hmm. And I think they have to be damn sure that he's going to be NHL ready out of camp. And when you have uh, Vorobiev looking very good, Vecchioni too. I haven't had much talk on him, but um, uh, Vecchioni has looked good just in the very early training camp. All of this is very early. I'm going to throw this out here. Veterans reported Friday. It is currently Sunday. I know, so I know, but I feel like I'm already early. excited. I think we're going to exceed expectations this season. Oh, I do too. I do too. I think um, even if we have the injury problems in net that we did before, um, Lion, we'll see about Stollars, you know, can jump in for a backup for, you know, small periods of being the starter. And then anytime they're not in the AHL, that's more playing time for Carter Hart and hopefully more progression to him, you know, becoming the number one sooner rather than later. Um, But no, there's a lot of reasons to be excited. Um, Today's preseason game was not one of those reasons. Um, We got got shut out. We got shut out and looked a bit disinterested doing it. Like we didn't have any strong stretches of, dominant play we we kept it in the zone we had a little bit of um you know puck possession moments but the aisles look better and and they should be the the islanders more or less skated their nhl lineup and ours was pretty much the phantoms i never understand how to what to take from preseason hockey like what what are the things that you should be looking for you know with with with, with nfl preseason you kind of know what you're in for you know down to depending on which game you're in you know is early in the preseason is this the kind of look you're expecting is you know you're going to throw out some ahlers you're going to throw a lot of rookies out uh you don't expect to see a lot of veterans out you know the score throw the score out you're just looking for positive play i mean how do do you look at it chuck that's a really good question gene well you get a lot you get a lot more looks because of the the rolling of the lines that you're going to see the veterans play tomorrow's preseason game today when you guys are listening to this um uh is going to be at the Wells Fargo Center is going to be the NHL lineup you know give or take um and the Flyers have four games in four days and some seasons they would do split squad games so half you know it's almost always against Why would you do that to someone in preseason Four, four games in four days. It seems it will get because detrimental. It's really going to be two games in four days. So they're oh, going okay. to it's like going to be. Split oh, they are going to do games. split squads. Oh, okay. Uh, yes, and the, but the only exception being is they're not playing the games at the same time. You know. Okay. Got so it. as opposed to two games against the Islanders tomorrow night, one up in Nassau or Brooklyn or wherever, and one down here, they're going to do four games, four nights split squad so tomorrow's squad is going to be the vets and what you're looking for is quality of play you're looking for how are the shots coming along what's the decision making like what's the speed like that and the one disappointing thing well the lesser of the disappointing things about today's preseason game was you kind of want to see uh some rookies making a real push or some ahlers you know, going, hey, this is my shot to make the big club and going out there and, and pushing play and trying some things. And the team looked fairly lackluster today. And the big takeaway is uh, Travis Sanheim uh, was injured today. We don't know the extent of it. Uh, Hextall is talking to the media tomorrow, but he's injured today. And that's that's not great for someone who is really hoping to make the team out of camp. So uh, I'll flip a coin, heads, upper body injury, tails, lower body injury. Well, they did say it's upper body injury. Oh, oh sorry. Okay, we already know that. Yeah, sure. upper body injury. Um, he had a sh- Go ahead. He had a shoulder injury last year. I wouldn't be surprised if this is the, the same sort of thing. And so, so what's going on with Couturier? Couturier looks good. Couturier looks fine. 
Um, I think they're just he didn't play, you know, did he? Not did in I? today's game, no. Okay. But he's he's taking a part. He's taking part in um, training camp. Celebrity no uh, celebrity charity training camp. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he was hanging out with Alan Thicke and. Oh, 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 I hope man. Rest dude. That's I hope <laughs> He's just my go-to hockey celebrity guy. All right, fine. He was hanging out with uh, David Boreanaz, and, <laughs> and and Bones jacked up his knee, but um, he's looking good. He's looking good. Um, I, I think there's no reason to worry about Coots for the start of the season. Uh, you could have went like Jason Priestley, right? Yeah, I think he, Matthew Perry. I think he plays in them too. Any Canadian, just okay. pick a Canadian celebrity. All, all of um, um, Degrassi. Yes, there you go. I, I knew that it was reference. No, 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 no. Drake is definitely there. Just real quick on that, Drake. have you ever seen the shot of Pronger boarding Justin Bieber? <laughs> No, I don't think I have. Yeah, check it out. It was a it was a gentle boarding. Um, <laughs> I would hope so. But it, it's Bieber's face up against the glass, and Pronger with this maniacal look behind him. It's phenomenal. Chris Pronger doing what we've all wanted to do for years. Yeah. <laughs> but um, with the Sanheim injury, that's a huge opening for for Myers. I'd be surprised if Myers doesn't make this team out of training camp now. Um, then it becomes a question of you know who's the seventh or who's the sixth D-man. And I hope it doesn't hurt Sanheim's development. If Myers comes in and uh, McDonald comes back before Sanheim's back and it's just like, hey, sorry, man, you know, we're all full up. Go back to the Phantoms and we'll see you when we have another opening. Uh, I think that would be unfortunate, but yeah, I think it's too early to say. Okay. All right. Um, let's close out uh, talking a little bit about the Phillies. Oh, I was going to say bare naked ladies. That's who I was going to say. All of bare naked ladies. Um, let's talk about the Phillies because um, we didn't lose a series this weekend Ooh, against the Marlins. We split it. Yeah. <laughs> Man, Which is it's not losing it's, one. It's really rough. It's really rough. So we're uh, six and a half back of Atlanta now. Atlanta's magic number is eight. What are the odds that Atlanta clinches on our field? Pretty good, right? They're great. They're, it's going to happen. It's going to be miserable. And I how feel many like that is. Will we use in that game? <laughs> Which inning? <laughs> Which inning will they clinch? Can like can we declare oh, no, like in the third inning? Maybe we'll have a player retire in the middle of the game. <laughs> Seventh inning stretched. We announce his retirement. <laughs> It'll be most be of the bullpen. They'll just be like, we're done, dude. What, uh, who would be the most likely Philly to retire in the middle of the game? Most likely Philly to retire in the middle of a game. I, I'd say, I don't know why I'm saying it, but I, I think a double. It's <laughs> like he's had enough. It's like Gabe goes or I go. And then he just walks. This dugout's not big enough for the two of us. See, I was going to say Roman Quinn because some part of his <laughs> body was just going to shatter. Oh, dear Lord. Okay, so, um, well, I guess a lot of people are talking about Gabe Kapler's future uh, with the Phillies, and we don't think the Phillies are going to make a change at manager this offseason. Which is unfortunate. Uh, No, I don't think so. I think there would have to be a full-on clubhouse revolt. I think it would have to be, we're not playing for this guy, get rid of him, or, or we'll be horrible. Which they already are. But so my, my hypothetical situation is what if there's some sort of uh, agent leak uh, from the Machado or the Harper camp that they don't want to play for, for Gabe Kapler or a, a, a system like this? Does can you call it a, have, uh, can you call it a system? I don't know. <laughs> like, I feel like that's generous. <laughs> I, I mean, what do we do? Does Klintak, does he have to... Is his hand forced in that situation? Does does ownership come down and say, you know, we banked our whole our whole pro, you know rebuild process on this offseason and getting a, you know a star player like this, and we can't let anything jeopardize that? I think so. I think if if Harper goes, you know, 
I've been preparing to come for the Phils for how many years has he been connected to us? Two, three years, whatever it's been. If I, he goes, I want to come to the Phillies. I don't want to play for Gabe Kapler. I think it's going to be see a Gabe. You know, I, I, I think a star player like that probably could make that demand because I don't think Gabe's done anything to earn that loyalty. But I but think does it also mean that there needs to be a change even higher up with Clintac since they're kind of share the same philosophy. I mean, who's making that decision? If Clintac's making that decision, I think well, he'll I, go. I ownership, you know, as a group. I don't know. It's 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 so hard to. This season has gone so bad so quickly. Like I'm just kind of reeling. Like I don't know what this real Phillies team is. You know, when they were winning, I was just like, ah, we're not this good. We're not this good. And now that we've been miserable, that so it's you just feel bad. like they're not this bad. That that's why I kind of have to ask myself. I kind like when I'm not screaming at the TV when we're on our fifth pitcher in the fifth inning. Um, I'm just I go. I I think we're actually better than this. So here's the thing. I think attendance was down this year because largely we smelled the bullshit. And if fans can smell the bullshit, don't you think other players can too? I don't know. Yeah, no, no, I, I agree. I, I think, I think unless somebody's a real, you know, analytics nerd, like if if Machado is like crunching the numbers and going, every manager in this league is doing it all wrong. You know, Moneyball did not go far enough. This is this is the new way to play baseball. Then I think they'd be like, sign me up. But I think anybody else is going to go. I'm not sold on this, and the results are not helping to sway me. Do you think, like, in the most Phillies thing to do ever, that they'll, before they sign you, these guys, they'll announce Gabe's got an extension? Because <laughs> that just seems to me like the most Phillies thing to possibly do. Like, this, we'll be eliminated from contention, and the first thing that they'll do the next day is, Gabe Kapler has been given a vote of confidence by extending him for 14 years. <laughs> I don't think that'll happen, but, <laughs> I mean, I could see it happening, but I don't think it's going to happen. What is his like? Is he on like a three year deal anyway? I don't even know how managers like how managers make those sorts of decisions. Like what a, a managerial contract even looks like. Are they mostly year to year deals? No, I think it's a I think it's a three year. That seems like it's probably like a standard thing. But, I think I would have to look it up. But it's one of those things where you got to wonder. Like, is there been any internal conversations about did the manager let this thing unravel, or were these did the players just? not have it did they just not have enough ammunition to get through the the end of the year because a case could be made that they just fell off the table that they just none of them had been in any kind of a, a, a race like this before you know played this many games you know although we have a lot of veterans but it feels like other than nola the, the arms got tired it feels like the the bats went quiet all about the same time i mean i put it on the i put it on the manager um they just weren't. I don't know. They weren't prepared. I, they. I feel like they weren't prepared all year long. Um. So, I, to me, it's just a problem that's been there all year. It just caught up with them now. Uh, that's my take on it. Well, I had always said that one of the things that seemed like the canary in the coal mine to me is that good teams don't make as many errors in the field as the Phillies did, and I'll stick by that. Good teams don't give away runs the way the Phillies do. And if you're going to play that kind of baseball, it's going to bite you in the butt. Bad teams don't make as many errors as the Phillies do. I mean, like, if there's one thing they're good at, it's making errors. But something you had said, Gene, I think they have to have had conversations about it just for due diligence. Even if the conversation is, when do we start having the more serious uh, conversation about what to do about Gabe? But... uh, I'd be furious if they haven't talked about it. Even if it's a short conversation going, not yet, give them till, you know, two months into next season. I I want there to have been conversations about this. Yep, sorry. I was just trying to find Gabe Kapler's contract for y'all. Um, but, I, yeah, I, like we only that, but Chip Kelly is 0-3. I nice job, there. Chip Kelly. Oh, thanks for following following up on that. Closing the loop with me. Um, I love that. That's great. 
<laughs> I hope nothing uh, nothing for the best for, for old Chipper. All right, so let's close it out with our favorite segment, Chuck's Penalty Box. Woo! Thank you, Dave. So we'll begin Chuck's Penalty Box this week with uh, you, Dave. Dave, who is in your penalty box? I'm going obvious choice this week. I got to go right from this Eagles game because it had me banging furniture around my living room um, in a really aggressive manner. I'm going with Jalen Mills uh, for all his blown coverage and poor play today and not keeping this game in check. So I'm going obvious. I'm, I'm nominating Jalen Mills for the penalty box. All right, Jalen Mills, the penalty is action, unbecoming a football player. The penalty is a five-minute major and a two-minute minor, putting his team down seven early. Gene, you're up. Who is in your penalty box? I kind of... <laughs> I get awkward. that whistle in there. <clears throat> I kind of uh, I kind of think I'm going to put the Sixers front office in the penalty box. We haven't really talked much about the Sixers. There's not a lot going on with the Sixers, but I'm going to put the ownership in the penalty box because we still don't have a general manager and i don't know how long we're going to wait we're going to be looking at the start of the season and a matter of weeks i think at this point i think we're, we're like less than eight weeks until the sixers start playing real basketball games we should have a general manager by now i don't know what is taking so long there's only so many people that can do that job um get the interviews going let's get a new general manager in here because we need one. All right. Sixers front office is going in the penalty box. Too few managers on the field. Two minute penalty. Too few managers on the field. Chuck, who's in your penalty box? Uh, first, let me apologize. I forgot to plug our Twitter. Uh, our Twitter is at Potadelphia. I wanted to plug that right off um, the start. I think it's a good Twitter feed. I know we all follow it. Um, well, I know Dave and I follow it. Um, Gene, you're in my penalty box. <laughs> is every week the show begins. I'm Gene. You can find me at producer Gene. You don't use Twitter. And if you'd like to know how I know, if you know your password and could log in, you would see. I don't think I do, actually. Well, you can. Gina uh, started following us. That's why I had to up this. I was going to see how long I could go. But you will see weeks upon weeks of Potadelphia tweeting you, <laughs> asking you to follow the show. <laughs> so I like when uh, Potadelphia says, Gene, I'm a big fan. Can I get a follow back? <laughs> yeah, nothing. So there's been like nothing. a whole there's been like a whole world going on that I don't it's know anything been a about. Running gag, and you missed it. I don't want to spoil a good gag, though. Well, well, there'll but, be more coming. Don't worry. Think about the opportunities. Probably everyone like goes like starts the show. It's like I gotta get in touch with the producer. You know, I have to get in touch with <laughs> the man in charge. I gotta get in touch with at producer Gene. And I'm not the producer like, of this show. No, but they don't know that. Those are endorsement opportunities. We are losing Gene. <laughs> so I'm going to give you a 10 minute game misconduct for blatant false advertising. At producer Gene. I was just doing a sound effect there. Oh, boy. <laughs> if we had a producer for this show, they could have done that. punchy. Yeah. <laughs> 11.30 at night. All right, everybody. I think that's uh, that's a wrap. That's our show for the uh, for the week. Anything else we missed that we want to uh, we want to throw out there? Anything you guys want to plug? Nope. No, I'm good. I actually have something. Um you know, we talk about our, our sister podcast, The Whip Around, and always asking everyone to uh, to check that out. Well, um, next weekend, September 22nd, uh, I am where I, with Sean Hayes, who is a host on, on The Whip Around, we are uh, doing, uh, with in conjunction with geekade.com, we are participating in the Pain in the Assathon. And if you don't know oh. what that is, um, that is a uh, charity event where um, various hosts and, and writers from that website uh, play pain in the ass video games for 24 hours straight to raise money for colon cancer. So it's all for a good cause. And you get to check us out being uh, pissed off. Uh, Sean and I are actually playing uh, Double Dragon 3. <laughs> I'm not sure who will be Jimmy and who will be Bimmy. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I have not played that game in at least 25 years, so uh, that should be interesting. We're on from uh, 2 to 4 on the 22nd. 2 to 4 a.m.? Um, p.m., p.m. Oh, okay. So, uh, so that's all. That's all I have. Um, please, uh, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe our show. It really, really, really helps us out. We need, we need more reviews uh, to help other people find the show. So, if you could just take a couple minutes out of your day and 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 give us a review, it, it would really help us out. Uh, and visit our website, Potadelphia.com. That's all I have. So, have a great day at work, everybody.